I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. We have an awesome interview for you today with our dear friend, Amy Porterfield. She is the host of the online Marketing Made Easy podcast. She has over 250,000 subscribers. She was recently featured on Forbes. This is on her mailing list, not on her podcast. Either way, it's yeah. a lot of yeah, people. It's a lot of people. <laughs> she has a multiple seven-figure business. She's been featured on Fast Company, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, MSNBC, and more. And Amy is, I think she's like the best online marketing teacher I've ever learned from. Yeah. I just, she makes it so doable. In our podcast, she explains why she's a good teacher. So I was going to say it, but then we'll let you listen to figure it out you building anticipation and curiosity look at that um she (laughs) is has authored one of the facebook for dummies i believe that's what the title of her book was a long time ago i remember this when i first started she started her business 10 years ago she's talked a lot about her running her own business on her podcast and having the 10th year anniversary we have known amy for like eight years nine years I think since 2000, I think we met her in 2012. Yeah, I bought her first product, Facebook and she got FB influence. Yes, she got started when she in 2011. Mm -hmm. But Amy is so she is the digital course sort of source. So if you want to know about digital courses, Amy's your girl. If you want to know about list building and teaching webinars, Amy's your woman. She oh, I totally just lost my train of thought. But she's been really good at it, basically, is what she, is what Kate is trying to say. She, she's worked for Tony Robbins. So before she started her business, she was working for Tony Robbins inside of his company and kind of seeing everything that was happening on the behind the scenes there. And then she decided that she wanted to leave corporate, which is how she got down this path. And she's had over 44,000 paid customers for all of her digital courses that she's created. And she realized, you know, she talked about simplification in business and why it's important today. She's also talked a lot about what, so she doesn't do, she, speaking gigs are not her favorite thing to be able to do. So she mostly turns them down. Right. And so this allows her to simplify her business and it's pretty cool. It's like she has do less. She said she's trying to do less like her work. In our podcast, she talks about that a little bit with us, but then also how she's actually done less in her business to a certain way of simplification. And made her business more powerful as a result. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So she talked about what the 10% edge is. So you want to listen in for what the 10% edge is that can make you a great course creator. She told a fascinating story very close to the beginning of the episode about a woman who's one of her students who made bank selling a $200 course about making candied caramel apples. You're going to want to hear the behind the scenes of that story. If you are afraid that you have the, that you don't know what your topic is going to be, that people won't buy it, that you don't know what to give away for free, what to sell. If you don't know how to get all the tech stuff worked out, if you are confused between social media and your email list, if you have any hesitations whatsoever about digital course creation, or you're just wondering about it, this episode is for you. Yeah. And then we talk about at the end of the podcast, Amy's webinar that she has coming up. And you can learn more about that at katenorthrop.com forward slash Amy. It's the three biggest behind the scenes secrets of digital course creation. katenorthrop.com forward slash Amy. And you're also going to learn, as Mike alluded to, how digital courses allow you to do less and achieve more in your business. So that's how we rounded off the episode. Enjoy. Hi, Amy. Hey there. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm actually surprised we've never had you on the podcast before. I was thinking of that. I thought we've done this before, right? But you've been on mine, but now I get to be on yours. I know. It's so fun to have you. And actually, I have a lot of questions for you because as well as I know you, I feel like I don't 
actually like I don't know. I feel like we could cover a lot of territory. You're not going to so. make me cry on this episode or anything, right? Are we going deep? That's not. Uh, yeah, we should start with San Francisco <laughs> and Shasta is where we should start this. Episode. Oh my gosh! Can we just share for a hot minute about the wackiest thing we ever did? We don't have to tell details, but. You I feel guys. like we did get to know you better when we went on this very kooky spiritual retreat at Mount Shasta. When you said it, Mike, I realized I had blocked it all out of my memory until now. I want to hear your synopsis of it yeah. because I remember when we did that hike. So just a summary of what happened here. Yeah, we have to give like, them a little bit. You do. There was So Mount Shasta is this beautiful place and they have these – it's apparently like an energy vortex, Air, energy vor- spiritual. You know, yes. It's like Sedona, they say, you know, and of course it attracts every walk of life. And so we were out there with this leader, I guess you could say that was leading us. And then our friend, uh, our other friend was there as well, kind of co-leading it. We'll just leave everyone's names out of the scenario. <laughs> I think that's best. Because <laughs> um, this guy became a little cuckoo and fell off the... Uh, the I don't know the turnip truck yeah yeah, yeah. so it was like (laughs) we're out there we're meditating we're breathing we're doing these wacky spiritual thing for hours like this was for what three days yes it's like five or six days Kate was pregnant with Penelope so pregnant and I even kept doing these weird movements that were supposed to be some kind of I can't. I can't. It was the wackiest thing I've ever done in my life. I did leave a day early. I could not wait to get out of there. It was cray cray. It was. And this was uh, Kate and I like, (laughs) because, well, I mean, me meeting Kate more like it. I have done a lot of wacky things, but then this was really, I think this was your first deep dive into it. I was going to say, I haven't done a lot of wacky things. So this like really was very bizarre to me. And when had you say yes to going in the first place? There was one person that invited me that I love. We're keeping okay. names out. Yes, so <laughs> I will blame her. And so she said, come. And I said, I'm there. I'm not going to trust her next time. We thought, I will just say, when we said yes to this, we thought we were going to be hanging out at Mount Shasta with all these amazing friends who we love. Yes. yes. And like connecting and like maybe doing a little meditation. Yes. That's what we thought. Anyway, it was not that. This was an immersion. It was. That was 2014. Yep. No, 2015. 2015? Summer of 2015. It feels like sooner than that. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. All right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way. So Amy, you are kind of like the queen of digital courses. You're the queen of a lot of things, but one of them is digital courses. (laughs) (laughs) And I would like to know. Just to, I'm just going to really, Mike, Mike always makes fun of me because I just like, I don't usually do a lot of warm up. I just start Go asking for questions it. like in the, as though we're in the middle of the conversation already. Girl after my own heart. Yeah. So does Amy. I know. This is like you two yeah. are, yeah. This works for me. Yeah. Less fluff, more meat. Yes. Um, so I want to know what, like somebody listening right now who is thinking, okay, this whole digital course thing, first of all, I would imagine you have people in your life who have no idea what you do and they don't understand at all the fact that you could have a multi-million dollar business selling digital courses, right? Right. So somebody might be listening like this. So I was on the phone with somebody the other day and they were saying that they were talking to somebody about digital courses and the person was like, well, there's no freaking way I could make money doing that. And this person used me as an example and was like, actually, I have a friend who has an over a million dollar business who does this. And the person was like, what? So for those listening who are wondering, is this possible? Like, could I possibly have something to share? Like, what do I know? Maybe, you know, I don't have some sort of expertise or whatever can really anybody make a digital course or what are some of the prerequisites? Oh, I love this question. So I firmly believe that everybody has a digital course in them. Kind of like when people say everyone has a book in them. I believe you've got a digital course that you could bring out into the world. Now, do you want to do that? Do you want it to be a part of your business? We're going to talk about that and where it might fit in. But when it comes to your topic, your expertise, your area of knowledge, the greatest thing is I 
I believe you do not need to be the expert of all experts. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine and she calls it the 10% edge. So you just need a 10% edge in front of those or ahead of those that you want to teach because they are looking to know how you did something or how you've helped somebody else do something. So let me give you a really simple example. One of my favorite students is Denira. And Denira grew up really poor and was a single mom of three. So she's struggling to make it all work. And she's a baker. And she actually had a a location and she was doing all her baked goods. And she realized that she needed to make more money. So not just have more freedom, which a digital course will do, but she just needed to make more money to support these kids. And her mom was helping her and her mom's 60 years old, still working to help these three kids and her. So she's like, I got to change things up. So she decided to create a digital course where she would charge $200 to teach people how to create caramel candy apples. Okay. So caramel candy apples. Now in the past, she created little mini courses and sold them for $10 thinking, well, no one's going to spend any money, but she, she got a little bit, a little gritty and said like, okay, this is not going to work for me. I got to dig deeper. So she created this course and she sold it for $200 and she sold 313 units. That's over $60,000 for a woman that's struggling to make money in her business, right? And to see that this actually works, it is life-changing. But beyond just the money, which is a big deal, think about the fact that she taught people how to make caramel candy apples. You do not need to change the world with your digital course. You just need to know something that somebody else wants, whether it brings joy or it brings peace to their life or transformation or helps them make money or whatever it might be. She wasn't the expert of all experts, but she knew how to do something really well. So I just want people to know that we all have something in us that we've done or we've helped other people do, and we can teach that. Okay. Backing up, I have to know more about these caramel candy apples. <laughs> have you tried them? I need more information. Oh, but I hope she sends me one. Okay. <laughs> Number one, and you may not know the answers to these questions and that's fine. Okay. <laughs> but like, had she been working on growing her audience for quite a while? And if so, do you happen to know what some of her key strategies were for building up to this launch? Because you and I both know that you can't just throw a link up on your website and then sell 313 units. Okay, so I love I love that you're bringing this up. And this is something I wanna start talking about more and more. So uh, what I will tell you is that she did not have an email list before she started to create her course. She didn't really have a big audience. However, what I teach is that while you're creating your course, you do need to build your audience. So for a few months, she really worked on building her audience, putting freebies and lead magnets out there, showing up live on video and she grew her list to 2,600. So she did have an email list when she launched, but she did not have an email list when she started this journey of creating her caramel candy apple course. So that's one thing that this can happen quickly for you. If you get to work, she did not use any paid advertising. So in order to sell 313 units, she did not invest in paid advertising to do so. She worked on growing her audience. She put herself out there. She started posting on social media. So for a few months, yeah, she did work on that before she launched. Okay. And was she selling this course to people who just were like, you know, whoever who wanted to make caramel candy apples or was she selling it to fellow bakers? That's a great question. I'm going to guess that she was selling it to anybody who wanted to make caramel candy apples, but I'm not 100% positive. Okay. That's sort of here nor there, but I just like details. (laughs) You just want to know all the deets. I do because I, here's what I love. I love specificity. And the reason I love specificity is because I really struggle with it. And so when somebody just nails it and they're like, my course is about caramel candied apples. I just love it so much because it's inspiring. Like we have somebody in our community who is actually looking at creating a digital course right now which I'm helping her brainstorm about. And actually maybe we could brainstorm about it live. This is for Mary. (laughs) Mary runs a goat farm and she rents goats for people who want to take the goats and then the goats come on their land and they eat their invasive species. 
And she has, and she's built her, her business online, believe it or not, she's grown her following online for this business. And then she also has goat milk soap and some other like goat milk products. I just love her story so much because it's like, oh my gosh, she used digital marketing to grow her list and massively she like doubled her revenue. Oh my gosh. Took her business online with a goat rental business. So cool, right? Right. And it's so clear who your customers are. So that's what I love when you get really clear on who you're marketing to, things start to come together a lot easier. Mm -hmm. What are some of the kind of big mistakes that people dive into when they start going down this? Well, first, like, I guess let's define what your definition of a digital course is. Oh yeah, that's smart. Because we're talking about it. People are like, what are you talking about? So let's define what we're talking about here. So there's a lot of different levels to digital courses, how deep you want to go with your course, but a digital course is essentially an online training where either you are on camera teaching, or it's just your audio, your voice and your slides, but you are teaching somebody how to get results in a specific area. Now it might be a two hour digital course, which I call a workshop course. That's the easiest way to start, or it could be six modules that take people 12 weeks to get through. So depending on how deep you want to go, and there's all different options here and opportunities, but that's essentially what a digital course is. Okay. And then before I, I want to backtrack on what my question was, but I want to know what have been some of Amy's biggest kind of hiccups or mistakes <laughs> with mm-hmm. her digital courses that, cause now when you, did you get started. I got started in 2011 and I'll tell you my biggest mistake. The first course I ever created, number one, I had been helping people with their own launches of digital courses. And so I had been watching what other people were doing. And I thought, well, if they can make a million dollars, I can make a million dollars with my course. So like, it almost felt like it was going to be easy because I looked at what everybody else was doing, but I didn't have any idea how to create a course. I didn't have a program to teach me how, and I just jumped on any topic. So someone had this idea, Amy, you should teach authors how to do a social media launch to launch their book. Now I had known social media. Well, that was my area of expertise. I had never done a book launch, but someone told me I should do it. And I wanted to be known for something. So I said, I'll do it. So I created a course to teach people how to launch their books using social media. I had zero results behind my belt. Like I didn't know how to do it, but I thought I knew enough I could navigate through it. Huge mistake. So what I do tell my students is, especially because I feel like this is my responsibility, you don't create a course around something unless you've had results or you've gotten results for somebody else. And believe me, you can find an area of your expertise, but I rushed to it. So I did this launch and I made $267 when it was all said and done, which was a huge failure in my book. So looking back, I just chose the wrong topic. I rushed to something without validating the idea and making sure I could get people results. Yes. Got it. Okay. It was a heartache. It was, I cried just for the record. <laughs> then, <laughs> sure. There's been a lot of crying. There's oh yeah. A lot of crying. Yeah. In our business. How about your students? Let's talk about, so that's one definitely that can apply to your students. So the wrong well. topic. The wrong yes. topic. So yeah. what yes. else do you notice like when they go down the digital course route? Yes. Making it too complicated. So one of the things a lot of my students come to the table with is they don't have a lot of technology expertise and they don't know how to do online marketing in the sense of how to put it all together. So a lot of my students think they need to make it really complicated. They see what I do today, 10 years in the making and think their course needs to look like mine. And I have done eight very successful digital courses. If you look at my first successful digital course, it looked nothing like the course I have today. So first, you've got to give yourself some room to not look super professional, not have it be pristine with a, an expensive video crew and expensive editing, expensive graphics. You do not need any of that. So many of my students have seen great success with just audio and slides that don't even look that great, but their content is great. So just to let you all know, you can start out so very simple and not break the bank and get a digital course up and running. I love that. And just a super quick story to validate that we launched the money love course in 2013, and this will make you cringe, but 
I literally hadn't even made the course before we launched it. <laughs> that has been done. Yes. Yeah. And um, I had an outline and Great. So, I had, so I knew what I was going to teach because I had just written a book on it. So the, but the book wasn't coming out for another six months. So I knew you're, I was, you were also teaching it live. I was also teaching it live. So it wasn't, listen, this was not, I was not flying by the seat of my pants completely. It wasn't like I just made something up and then sold it. I don't want you to think I lack integrity. <laughs> But like tr- I did with my first course. Well, moving on. <laughs> you knew social media. I mean, but nothing about books. No, it's no. terrible. It's yeah, terrible. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it's we all, all we all have things we learning learn. learning lesson. But like what we did is we taught that course as a live webinar over four weeks, and so each live webinar was a module. And Perfect. We went back and created it evergreen later, but prior to each week's session, I would make the slides and like get it from my outline and whatever. That was amazing. We had a list of 3000 people and we made 20 grand on that first launch. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, that's the stuff I love. I love that you shared that, that you didn't even have it up and running. You didn't have the course finished when you sold it. And that is something we talk about inside of my program that that is a way to go. And that reminds me, I have a student, her name is Anna DiGilio, and she teaches other teachers how to put together lesson plans and templates and, and all the stuff they would do in their classrooms. And she told me that she had her first really big launch, the first time she ever launched anything following my program. However, I teach you how to do webinars. And she said, Amy, I was too afraid of the webinar technology. I just couldn't figure it out. So I just went live on Facebook in a group and, and it worked for me. And I love to hear those stories because you don't have to get fancy. You can make this work in a really simple way. Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard Anna DeGilio's name yes. uh, from you before, as well as some other teachers who are friends of ours. And um, yes. she sounds like a rock star. She is. <laughs> she is. <laughs> but yeah. So, okay. So making it too complicated. Yeah. I definitely see that a lot as well. What else do you see your students doing that is not doing them any favors? So one of the things is around list building. And we talked about this a little bit with Danira. And a lot of my students will come to the table and they'll say, Amy, I want to create a course, but there's always this, but, but I don't have an email list. And one of the things that I really focus on in all of the programs I sell is this need for an email list and, and how to do it. Because I believe that the energy of your business is directly tied to the strength of your email list. I did not say the size of your email list, but the strength, the quality of it. And, and you guys are great examples of starting out with a smaller email list and making 20 thousand dollars. Like that is what I love. Those are the stories I'm always looking for. So making list building a priority so that when you want to launch a course or anything else for that matter, it just is easier. Uh, It's one thing to post on social media. It's another thing to send an email. When you nurture an email list, the money is to be made in those email lists and those connections and relationships so much more than posting on social media. So I tell my students when we're creating a course, we're also going to focus on building our email list and, and actually nurturing the people that are already on our email list are in our community. A lot of my students will say, well, I only have a hundred people on my email list and I'll say, okay, so let's invite all 100 people over to your house right now and put them in your kitchen. And you tell me if that feels like a really small email list. Those are human beings that raised their hand and said, I want to hear from you. Let's love them up on a regular basis. That's another thing I teach my students. I think your subscribers should hear from you every single week. You should be reaching out to them. That's how you create those real relationships. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now explain, because you know, your first course was around Facebook. You know, It's like building and using Facebook. So yeah. for the listeners, what's the difference between or the significance of an email list versus like a social platform. Yeah. So what I typically say to make it really simple is that we do not own any social media platform, but we do own our email list. It is ours. We're in control of it. We get to decide when we email, when we don't and how we communicate. And the fact that it falls right into someone's inbox. Now, someone might be saying right now, yeah, Amy, but email is not viable. It's, it's dead. Email's dead. And I'll always say, 
if somebody that you really want to hear from reaches out to you, you open those emails. So we need to be those people that someone really wants to hear from us. And so when you post on Facebook, which I used to teach a lot, I had courses on Facebook marketing. I was, that's what I used to be known for. When I post on Facebook, I might get lucky these days if it's seen by just a few. If I send an email, I can see the percentage of people that open it and click on those emails and I can make it better. I have those metrics. It's a different ball game for sure. And I want to back up a little bit, totally off topic, but I had mentioned that I was known for Facebook, Facebook marketing, Facebook advertising. And over the years I've pivoted and now I'm known for list building and course creation and webinars. I tell you all that because if you put out a course, it's not your end all be all. You don't have to be known for that the rest of your life. Having an online business, one of the beauties of it and the freedom involved is that you get to pivot. You get to change what you're known for and where your area of expertise is going to be focused on. And so I love that, that you can grow and change with your online business and your audience. If you have a viable email list of people that are very excited to hear from you, they will come on that journey with you. So you get to grow as an entrepreneur and your audience is growing with you. Okay. So what if you are thinking, okay, well, Amy says I have something to teach. <laughs> right. Yes. But I, you know, but I have a variety of things I could teach, right? Like I have an online course that I taught called the money love course, which is still on the market. I have an online course called feng shui for financial freedom, which is no longer on the market, but it's good. <laughs> I just taught an online course called the do less immersion. There's so we've, we've taught various things. So if somebody is listening and wondering like what piece of expertise should I teach and how do I categorize what I know so that I'm creating the course that people will actually buy? Like, how do I know what people actually will buy? Oh, so good. Okay. This comes down to email lists and social media as well. So one of the things I teach my students is that we need to really pay attention to what our audience is telling us already. And also we need to ask my dad, when I was in second grade, I used to get talking on my report card and which is bad. You don't want talking. And so he would, when I'd get out of my car out of the car in the morning, when he dropped me off for school, he'd say, it's better to listen than to talk. And when you are <laughs> creating a digital course. I believe my dad, he is right about that. We've got to listen more than we're just talking, 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 talking. So with that, I tell my students to send out what is called the magic wand question. And you can email this and just make it one sentence in an email and have people reply. And you can put it on social media. You can make a video asking the question. But the question essentially is, if I could wave a magic wand and solve your challenge around XYZ, what would that challenge be? Or uh, there's different ways to word this. Let me give it in an actual context. So Danira, let's, let's use our candy apple woman. So Danira could have sent out a question that said, if I could wave a magic wand and show you how to bake the most favorite thing you could think of, what do you want me to show you how to bake? So it doesn't have to be a challenge all the time, but her audience told her, we've seen those candy apples. We've seen them online. We've seen them in your shop. We want to know how to do that. So your audience will tell you, but you need to ask them. And I think that's the easiest way to find out. It really is. Last week, so I'm working on a do less planner and I've been putting the final touches on the the document to send off to the production people. And I just was, I just posted a picture on social saying, you know, the do less planning, planner planning <laughs> is happening. <laughs> what would make this a no brainer purchase for you? And the ideas exactly. that I've gotten are so brilliant. So I yes. was like, oh, well, I'm gonna add that in. And oh my gosh, that's genius. Things I never would have thought of because, you know, me sitting here in my office is just Right. It's not that interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Your audience will tell you. And what's great is that you have nurtured this audience over time. So now they're going to come at you with hundreds and hundreds of ideas. In the beginning, maybe three to five people will tell you what they want. You start where you're at and the numbers get bigger. 
Absolutely. Okay. That's great. So, okay. So now you're talking to your audience and you're honing in on what is the idea? What is the topic? I'm now going to teach candy dapples. Okay, great. Got it. (laughs) So then it, but then it's like, oh, well, but I also know how to make cakes and I also know how to make chocolate chip cookies. Like maybe I'll make the soup to nuts of all time baking course. Right. Yes. So I find, and you've talked about this, that, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm about to answer the question, but then I'm going to ask you a deeper one, <laughs> that I have a tendency and have in the past, so I'm getting better all the time, to give too much information, whether it's on a webinar, whether it's in a course, like just teach too many things. And you have said time and time again, that that is not helpful to your customers because it slows their progress, right? So yes. how do you stop from thinking, oh, well, if they're paying me money, I need to give them everything. Like, what's the antidote to that wave? Uh, So true. And it happens to the best of us. So if I charge $2,000 for a digital course, sometimes I think I also need to include my firstborn child because that's a lot of money and I need to give them everything, right? And I think that's very normal. I have struggled with that for years and years. And what I've realized because I got quiet and I really listened to, I've had over 40,000 students come through my eight digital courses. So I know who these people are and what they want. And what I listened to, and I think this is a universal fact, people want to get from point A to point B as fast as humanly possible. They want the fluff taken out. They don't want to take a lot of time. They don't want to watch hours and hours and hours of video. They want the results. So as course creators, our number one job is to get results in the simplest way possible. And that's what I want all my course creators to think about. And what I do with my students inside my program is I'll say, okay, we're going to outline this course and then we're going to take things out. We're going to prune. And so we go through this entire process of pruning saying, is this really necessary to get the results? Can we save this for a different time as a bonus or a different course or a Facebook live? Does it need to be in this course? Because I can promise you they'll get to the finish line faster if we can prune. And I think that's one thing that most people don't do that I make a very big deal of that we have to make sure that this is just the fastest way, the cleanest line from point A to point B. So it's something that you just have to be very intentional about. Well, you are speaking to my heart and soul because that's very do Yes, us. yes exactly. <laughs> I mean, it really is. You get people better results if you give them not less information, meaning you're going to keep yes. something out, but definitely more, like a streamlined. It's more clarity. It's more, more clarity. Like you, yes. It's like when you talk to me. You know, like in what way is it like when I, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's interesting to think about when you're creating courses is like, act like talk, act like you're talking to me. Cause you'll be like, I need a process and you'll go, you know, for like 10 minutes about something. And then you'll be like, what do you think? And I'm just like, of what the whole 10 minute conversation or like, <laughs> point. But if you hone it in and just say, this is what I need help. You know, it's like, do, 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 you know, it's like the one thing. And then I can answer a direct question for there. So when you're yeah. teaching, it's, it's like thinking about when you're helping your audience, not you specifically, but just kind of building off there. It's like, you're thinking about like, okay, if I give them all this information, is that too much? You're pruning through it. Like what Amy exactly. said, and then you're giving it to yeah. Do you have this problem with Hobie? Does, does, are you an external processor too, Amy? Oh yes. And sometimes I look at him and his eyes have glassed over. Like oh, yeah. I'm like, hello, are you there? And then I'll be of such a brat and say, can you repeat what I just told you? And he'll have no clue. <laughs> The best part is, is I can usually repeat what Kate's. Oh, that's a talent. That is a talent. Hobie cannot. So he gets in trouble a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We love Hobie. Hobie is Amy's husband. Your recent episode with you and Hobie. I mean, maybe Uh, now it was like a couple months ago was just like so good. So folks listening, please listen to the Amy Porterfield online marketing (laughs) made easy podcast. All of them are amazing. Thanks. I really liked the Hobie. Yeah. <laughs> They're special. They're special. Because Hobie's a firefighter. So this yeah, whole so thing, he doesn't understand. He does not get this whole thing. Um, <laughs> I just have, so I want to I wanna switch gears for a second, if that's all right, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I know. We can come back. But I, I want to know, for Amy Porterfield, like what has changed for you over the, it's been 10 years now, right? Yeah. Since you started your business. Right. Like you as a leader. So when you first started this as 
you know, started back with Facebook. It was Facebook influence, I think, right? Yeah. And like you started there with your first course and where you are today, what has personally changed for you where like, is it confidence? Like what has helped Amy become Amy? Uh, such a good question. So definitely there has been a confidence boost over the last few years. I often say that I had to start with courage, you know, blind courage, not sure if this is going to work out, but not wanting to go back to corporate. So I was going to figure it out no matter what. But over the last few years, as I've seen my courses change people's lives and, and get people success. And I hear their stories. Every single story gives me a little bit more confidence. So I tell my students, just wait for those stories to come in because that's where you're going to feel grounded and think, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is truly making a difference. And so I think definitely I have so much more confidence and that has come with each successful digital course. And I also think that you know, it's funny, you, you two being my friends, I learn a lot from you where I am a workaholic, as you both know, like I work a lot and that is just not because I create courses, but because of who I am and what I think I need to do. And so over the last year, I've really been thinking about what would it look like if I were to do less and I were to take more time off and more time with my family, what would that look like? What would that feel like? And I love that idea. And here's the truth with the business I've created. Creating digital courses means that you can put them on automation. You could sell them through Evergreen. And I don't have a lot of bells and whistles in my business. I don't have a mastermind. I don't do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I don't do consulting. I don't do service-based business. I say no to tons of speaking gigs. It's not my favorite thing. And so I have courses. And that gives you tons of freedom if you let it. So over the last few years, especially this last year, I've been, I think, maturing as an entrepreneur saying, I actually get to call the shots here and I can do less because of the type of business I've created. I think that's why I'm so passionate about digital courses. I know people talk about freedom in the entrepreneurial world a lot. Digital courses genuinely give you that if you let them. And that's something I'm stepping into more and more. Hmm. What a great answer. So on brand. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. <laughs> um, and I'm happy for you. I mean, I love, I love hearing that. I love hearing just the different ways because I am such an avid listener of the Amy, of, mm. I want to call it the Amy Porterfield Let's show, which is a hundred percent, not the title of your but podcast, I like it. <laughs> but, that, but I love listening to your podcast and just hearing about, you know, vacations you're planning or ways you're scaling back or, you know, different, you had a few episodes about, about time management and, and doing less in addition it's to the one that I was on, to me. It's, it's a struggle yeah. though. And, and I think that's what I love about you guys. You know, it's a struggle for some people and you're sensitive to that and you allow that, like you guys never make me feel bad for struggling to do less, but it's funny. I got a text message from Mike, Mike and I were talking and I was actually in a meeting Chloe, my integrator hates this. I was supposed to be paying attention and I wasn't. And I was texting Mike about something and he's like, Hey, can you jump on a quick call and I'll explain it. I'm like, uh, I am in a meeting. And all he wrote back was do less because <laughs> here I am like multitasking everything in the moment. I'm like, yes, I need to focus. And then I never heard from you. I know. I know. But then I sent her a voice It was great. Yeah, I sent her an yeah. audio message. About it really it. Yeah. is though. Like I, it's a struggle for Mike and I too. I mean, for I sure. literally just said to Mike this morning, I feel full right now due to the number of projects we have going on. And so like, just for you listening, if you also struggle with doing less, Nobody's perfect at this. Yes. We're, we're so, all it's a, it's, just making new choices every yeah. day. And new choices best. every day. I love that. It's navigating new waters. I mean, it's just like there's the, with the internet itself and just, it's like already, I mean, the privilege that I have in my life as being a white male in this world. Right. And then have, and like, as I know, Kate and I've talked about like this, like being a woman in this world, that's not seen on the same level as, the patriarchy that exists, right? It's like working to crush the patriarchy is exhausting, right? <laughs> like, it really is. It's exhausting. So, and to just say like, okay, I'm going to work harder, 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 harder. It was even, we were watching this show on Netflix with, the, with Iggy is, it was horrible, but she was like spending a ton of money and she buys super fancy cars just so people walk around and watch her walk into a car. And what? to be like, this isn't just men's cars. Like because I she can wants afford to this. have the car that you would assume would be a rich man's car. And yes. then she gets in it. 
Oh. So it's just like, even in that, so it's under, I mean, but we, it's the addiction that we have to, to doing to continually do. It is an addiction. Yes. It is an addiction. But I love that you said that digital courses are such a great way to at least, you know, from an emotional perspective, it might be harder to break that addiction, but from a logistical perspective, if you get a couple, like one Uh, great digital course rocking it actually then when you look at your numbers and you've got it all dialed in then you do actually have the freedom whether you take it or not is a sort of a separate issue right so true (laughs) i love that you said logistically that's what a digital course will do we have one digital course on evergreen meaning it runs on an automated webinar every day and we have one that we live launch and that evergreen one means that i have money coming into my business every single day so when mike's said, you know, what's changed for you, that feeling of, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough money? I remember it very vividly in the first few years. I never, ever have that. And I don't think you need to make millions and millions to get to having that security. Just having revenue come in consistently is a game changer. Now you can do that with a membership site, but with a digital course, you could do it in so many different ways. Number one, have it on evergreen. So I make money Every single day, I make money when I sleep. And I remember when I first got into the online world 10 years ago, that felt slimy when the guy internet marketers would say, you can make money when you sleep. I'm like, shut up. That is slimy and that does not happen. It genuinely really does happen. So I had to say, you know, forgive me. I was a jerk back then because I thought you were a jerk, but it really was true. But another thing is we do 12 payment plans sometimes. So we'll sell a course and let's say if the course is a thousand dollars we'll say or you could pay $97 a month for 12 months that is 12 months of revenue coming in and that's what I did for years and that was another thing I liked that security that revenue was coming in consistently that gave me confidence to make decisions and take risks as well digital courses did that for me and they can do that for everybody I'm not extra special in that hmm Yeah, no, it's so good. So what about, I have two more questions because I know we got to wrap it up here, but I want to know, I've heard a lot of people who I work with say, okay, well, but what part of my content do I give away for free? And what part of my content do I put in the course? Because I'm afraid that if I Mm -hmm. give away too much, then people won't buy the course. Yes, yes, yes. This is a big, big question. So here's one thing that will just relieve that, that fear completely in that overlap is totally fine. So you can overlap your paid content with your free content. Let me give you an example. So I do Facebook lives every single week and I talk about a lot of the content that is in my paid course. And so the way I differentiate it is that in my course, I go deeper, I use more examples, I use more stories, and I typically build out some kind of step-by-step or a roadmap. I might talk about it in a Facebook Live and get enough information that people feel like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I could take the first initial action with it, but I don't give all the how-to. It's more of the bigger picture, and then in the course, I go deeper with it. But here's another thing. Let's say I did the some of the exact same content in a free Facebook Live as I do in my course. Let's say some pieces are exactly the same. You might think, well, then why would anybody buy my course, Amy? You can find everything I teach on YouTube for free, whether I teach it or somebody else teaches it. All the stuff I want to teach in my course is free out there already. And what I'll tell you is you're probably totally right. And what people pay for is the roadmap, the step-by-step, or the phases you're going to take them through, guiding them through a blueprint. People want to get from point A to point B as fast as humanly possible, and they want to learn it from you. That's why you're building up your community and building up that email list. You are their go-to person. So people pay for the convenience of going through the program in a systemic way that is really simple for them versus having to hunt and peck all over YouTube or Google to get the answers. So just know it doesn't matter if it's out there for free. You're packaging it in a way that's unique and it's you teaching it from start to finish. So there's a few things I went over in there, the free versus paid, but also the fact that it's okay if it's out there for free, your course is different. Thank you. Yeah, it's structure. Structure. Right? It's exactly. stru- much structured in a much more professional kind of way versus mm-hmm. trying to, cause it's also saving time where yes. instead of looking for something all over the internet. It saves so much yeah. time for mm-hmm. people. Absolutely. Okay. okay, so back when we got started, 
I feel like it was like the wild west of the internet. <laughs> yes. Right? Like you could just kind of do whatever and it sort of just worked. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, perfectly it, honestly, totally, truly correct. It is 100%. And it was amazing. And it's not like that anymore. No. So I would like to know from your vantage point, having gotten started in 2011, it's now 2019. What do you see in the digital course space, the online marketing space in terms of trends? And how do you think we can prepare ourselves as digital course creators or aspiring digital course creators for to stay on to stay ahead of the curve as a, as opposed to behind the curve? Oh, so good. So the first thing is that I think we should be very careful about keeping our businesses simple, which actually goes back to the philosophy of everything you guys teach in that I think this is a time where we don't need a lot of bells and whistles, but we need to get really clear on what we want to do in our business and really double down on that versus spread ourselves too thin. So that's why I say you just need one digital course. And if you focus on that and you relaunch it and you make it better, you don't need a whole bunch of other stuff in your business. I am proof and my students are proof of that. So one, keeping it simple, I think is going to protect you from spreading yourself too thin and then dabbling in everything and not being really good in one thing because it is a different world. You didn't have to be really, really good back then for it to work. Now you do need to show up in that way. So let's not spread ourselves too thin and let's double down on what really lights us up. And hopefully for so many of your listeners, it could be a digital course that they get to teach their expertise. So I think that's one thing to think about. Another thing is you've got to nurture your audience and at a deeper, deeper level than ever before, meaning you could have a list and I have students that are proof of this. You could have a list of 500 people on your email list and you could do a six-figure launch. No doubt in my mind. Those people on your email list though need to be connected to you. They need to know who you are personally, professionally, behind the scenes. You need to share yourself with them and you need to be their go-to source. So if you're asking where to spend my time, where you should spend your time, nurture that email list. Grow the email list, but nurture it just as much because when when you do decide to launch whatever it is you're launching, you will see the success in doing so. So I think the email list and simplifying the business are two things that will allow you to really shine right now in terms of what's working in the online sphere. Amazing. Hmm. Thank you. That's yeah. so great. All right. So as we wrap up here, do you have any other questions, honey? No, we can wrap up. Okay, great. <laughs> this is what always happens. I mean, I have lots of questions. I know. Yeah. He'll text me. <laughs> Don't worry. He'll text you while you're in meetings. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand you're practicing the do less philosophy. So I might, you know, not here. True, true. But I'll see you next month. I know. We're so excited. We're going to be at Amy's Entrepreneur Experience event. So if you're listening so and you're going to be there, please send us a DM. Can people still get tickets or is it? Yes. Go. Yes. Okay. Tell, tell them about what it is. Go. Yeah. Okay. So it's three days of focusing on being the entrepreneur that you truly want to be stepping up, playing a bigger game. And also my specialty is step-by-step. -step. So there's going to be strategies around list building and uh, Facebook lives and creating courses and webinars and all that good stuff. So a little bit of mindset, a little bit of strategy, a whole lot of connection. We've got some great people, Rachel Hollis, Jasmine Starr, Stu McLaren, which is so fun. We've got to bring we got to bring a guy to the stage because it's, it's a lot of ladies and we're working on a few other surprise guests as well. So those are still in the works. Kate knows, but I can't say until it's locked in because <laughs> she helped me find somebody. So we are really excited about it. Well, we are also really excited about mm -hmm. it. So for our listeners, Mike and I are borrowing a friend's RV and we are doing a little Southern California trip. So we will oh be there. Gosh. Come find us. We'll have so who's driving this RV? So Mike's driving this? For yeah. sure, Mike. There's no way I'm driving I need to pra I need to practice. This is like 35 feet, I think. With a, no. and She also said we could pull the Jeep. Oh, I have never pulled the Jeep. No, no I don't think we're going to need to do that. Okay. That is so I have, I'm going to see if I can rent something around here and practice for a day. Good. And then they can go to amyporterfield.com to find that. Yeah. Oh, amyporterfield.com forward slash event. Thanks for okay. asking. Event. Okay. I do have one last question. Okay. Yes. And then yep. you can do your thing. The last question is what, is that what your secret, like, cause you're a really good teacher, especially in online courses. I really like your flow. Mm -hmm. Cause you just said it now with the step-by-step -step is your kind of your secret yeah. sauce. Would you say that's what your secret sauce is to make you a really good teacher? 
It is. And that's such a great question. Yes. My secret sauce to teaching inside digital courses is the way I break it down. I'm patient with my students step-by-step. I put together visuals so they know where we're going and how we're getting there. And that's my secret sauce. However, everyone has their own. So once you start creating courses, you'll find yours. It takes a little time, but you'll step into it. And I think that's what's so fun about creating courses. Everyone has their own style. Some people are super casual. They don't care if it looks really good. They just show up as they are and their audience loves it. Other people love to do direct to camera. Other people never want to go on camera. Just for the record, I have made millions of dollars creating digital courses without ever going on camera in my digital courses. It was just a year ago that I started to show up and show my face on camera. So you don't even need to do that if that's not your thing. You'll figure it out once you start going with your digital course. Amazing. So you also have a free class that's coming up. Yes. um, A free master class. Can you tell me what the title is? I know the general. Yes. (laughs) Right. It is the three behind the scenes secrets to digital course success. And when I say three behind the scenes secrets, it's about what I've learned over the last 10 years, the mistakes I've made, the successes I've had. I know what works with digital courses, how to create them and how to launch them. So when you walk away from this masterclass, it's not a big sales pitch. You will learn. You will walk away with solid strategies that you can apply to your course creation journey. And that's what I'm most proud about. Amazing. So you can go to katenorthup.com forward slash Amy, A-M-Y to get yourself registered. I also just want to say, I love watching other people's webinars because it makes me a better webinar presenter. Yes. And Amy's the total, total pro queen of this. So just for that reason, even if you didn't want to know about digital courses, (laughs) be on to learn about how to get a kick-ass webinar. I love that you're saying that because I'm doing some new stuff on this webinar that I've never done before. And I'm excited about it. Like this webinar in and of itself, probably 20 hours have been put into it. So it's going to be extra special. So I'm excited about that. Are you going to sing? I might sing and dance. We'll see. Do you sing? No, 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 no. I mean, she's had to do other stuff she hasn't done before. So who knows? Could have been musical theater. We don't know. Who knows? Okay. So katenorthup.com forward slash Amy. And of course, Amy, where should people come find you otherwise? Oh, thanks for asking. Amyporterfield.com. Lots of free stuff there, podcasts and all the good stuff. So thanks for asking. Amazing. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. You're the best. If you want the freedom and the impact that creating a digital course can create for you, there is a way that you can get to success more quickly. And Amy Porterfield is going to teach you what it is in her masterclass, three behind the scenes secrets to digital course success. She has a nearly $10 million business that is all digital courses, believe it or not. And she's one of my favorite teachers, not to mention one of my favorite people. So you can head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash Amy. Again, that's katenorthrup.com forward slash Amy, A-M-Y, and grab your free spot in the masterclass.